Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. So are we all a little tired on this Friday morning <laughs> and kind of annoyed about it? I don't know what you mean. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, I don't know why I ever think I'm going to go to bed at a normal time on the night the Chiefs play. Because even though I'm not out somewhere watching it, I'm going to watch the whole thing unfold on Twitter anyway. Sure. Which is what I did last night. And yes, at the <laughs> yeah. end, it was like, wow, this is what I stayed up for, huh? So at the end. Were you, you were doing both. You were watching it on TV and, and doing the Twitter thing through the whole day. I was laying in bed. Oh, I mean, okay, I went yeah. to, I was starting to lay in bed at like 830. I don't know why I thought I was going to sleep <laughs> because I just followed the game online, which was entertaining also that we'll oh, talk about. Yeah. Um, for those who may have missed it or may have missed exactly what made it so ugly, particularly at the end there mm-hmm. um refresh us as if we want that well yeah i mean it was clear from the beginning that uh, the chiefs obviously missed travis kelsey we got word and you were right i mean you nailed it right before the game i mean it was very yeah. very late when they finally came out and said travis kelsey's not going to be able to go tonight they had apparently they had given him the pool test where they they put you in a pool of water and they try to see what kind of stability your leg has and he just had no uh, no ability to push off on that injured knee. So they said, that's it. You can't go. Um, and it was clear that he was missed. I mean, granted, one of the backup tight ends did make a couple of spectacular catches. Even uh, one, the third stringer caught one for a touchdown last night, only his second touchdown ever. Mm-hmm. But it was just a lack of anywhere else to go with the ball. Uh, I mean, Detroit's d- defensive backfield was a lot better than they were over the last couple of seasons. And it, it also didn't help that Kadarius Tony apparently can't catch a cold. So <laughs> it, yeah. it just it got ugly and it stayed that way. As a matter of fact, I mean, Kadarius Tony came here from the New York Giants and the New York Post this morning. Their headline is oh, X giant Kadarius Tony had horrific drop filled night that caused wow. Chiefs in loss. I mean, they did not hold back. I'm going to guess he'll be getting a uh, sponsorship from Butterfingers. <laughs> <You're pretty soon. laughs> yes. Like, do you think Andy Reid today, first thing this morning is like, you know, before we talk about plans or plays, here are some footballs throw them to each other yeah. and catch them. There there was a thing that they used to do, uh, and maybe they still do, is kind of a hazing ritual that the NFL used to do with rookies. If you dropped the ball or uh, fumbled, you know, during practice or during a preseason game, they would they would take duct tape 
and tape the ball to your hand. So you got used to the feeling of it. Now, Kadarius Tony has been in the league for a while. I think he's a third year yeah. pro. So it may be a little late for that, but yeah, somebody's going to get him a, a little, you know, jar of stickum or something because it just wasn't happening last night. What were people upset about at the end about Patrick Mahomes not being in the in the game as much? There was a lot of talk on Twitter about how do you have the best football player in the league and he's not out there at the end or not as involved at the end. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I miss what they were saying, but I, I mean, there, there were just mistakes made all over the place. It was a sloppy game. Now, it was the first game of the season, and certainly, right. you, you know, you've got plenty of time to be able to make up some of the things that went wrong. And I, I mean, the one thing that, as far as social media was concerned, that they were completely uh, just obsessed with was what was going on with Chris Jones through the entire and game. I said to you guys last night, I said, whatever's going on in the game, I don't care. My favorite part of this online are the analogies that people are making about Chris Jones, who's at the game, sitting in a suite. Yep. Chiefs knew he was going to be there, <clears throat> didn't mind that he was going to be there. He, I don't know who these two people are. Agents is what I heard. But you have Chris Jones in the middle and then two guys dressed in black <laughs> sitting on either side of him that looked angry uh -huh. and mean and grumpy. And some of the stuff on Twitter was just my favorite was those are the guys that, you know, were the bad guys in Home Alone 3 <laughs> <laughs> or they were out of the Sopranos. Yeah. You know, or somebody said, Chris Jones, blink twice if you need us to rescue you. <laughs> It was just awesome. I, the only thing that they were missing was was rings on every finger. If they yes. had had that, it would have really completed the look. But you're right. I mean, hair slicked back. They, they do. They both look like, in, in opposite ways, Tony Soprano. So yeah, while all that was going on, I mean, I understand the anger. Uh, I understand the anger for from fans going, okay, you should have been out there if, if he had been out there. Certainly, the, the Lions were able to do some things effectively um, on offense that maybe they wouldn't have been able to had a force like Chris Jones been out there. But then again, you can look at that the other way around, even though I know you don't want to hear this and say, you know what? He proved his point. Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, there were people that were saying in the last five minutes of the game, can we just give him a million dollars now? Just yeah. get him out on the field. Uh -huh. Can we just get this, this deal done right this second and put him in, in a uniform and get him out there. Yeah. Now, if you're looking for things really to be concerned about over the long haul, I mean, yeah, Kadarius Tony dropped a bunch of balls. That's bad. And that has to be worked on. But the other thing that I think is, is really a concern is even with Chris Jones in, if your run defense looks as bad going forward as it did last night against Detroit, and now granted Detroit's got a, you know, a phenomenal young running back that they're looking at as being the future. They were even making comparisons last night to Barry Sanders, which is crazy this early, but still, uh, they're a good running team. However, you have to be able to stop that, and Chris Jones is a pass rusher. He's not known as much for his skills at stopping the run. Even though he's good at it, it's not his forte. Let's not discredit the Lions' offensive line. They got a really solid group the, up there yes. as well. Yes, oh, without doubt. You don't run the ball at all. You know that, without a solid group of offensive linemen. So, yes, they're a talented team, but you have to be able to meet talent with talent. Saying they're good at it, that's not good enough if you can't stop it. What's next? Uh, Jacksonville, <laughs> thankfully, <Okay. laughs> a bit of a reprieve. Yeah, the next game up for the Chiefs is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, uh, I mean, are kind of a football team, I guess. But yeah, they're they're uh, they're not expected to do very much defensively. This defensively, not going to be 
super great offensively, they will be talented. They loaded up on offense. Yeah. So we'll see. But uh, okay. yeah, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to have any any problem, uh, you know, finding receivers open and being able to score as long as they can catch the ball. Predictions on when there is an announcement about a Chris Jones contract or, <laughs> yeah. or renegotiated what, contract. What time is it now? Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, Do you think I, it'll be before the show or after the show? Oh, wow. Uh, it's it's not going to take long. I don't think. I, I If it goes past midweek, I will be shocked. We will wait for that. And, I mean, the assumption is that Travis Kelsey will be back for next week. Yeah. So we should be back to the, the, the team we expected to have this week. Without doubt. Um, okay, I want to talk for a second about Hurricane Lee, just because th- there's just a lot of talk about it right now. Um, and I just want to talk for a second about the language that is being used by the National Hurricane Center to describe not just the size of this thing, but like I'm asking, do we need a Category 6 for the first time? Because that's how big and strong it is. Yeah, it may be. I mean, they're talking. What, what are the winds currently? Because I had seen some 145 of the, miles an hour 145. gusts to 165. Right, and and I had seen predictions that uh, that that 165 figure was going to be sustained winds before yep. very long, and that's just. I mean, unbelievably strong. Now, the good thing is when that happens, it's not going to be over any land, but it's going to screw up shipping lanes as, as they always do when they get into that part of the Atlantic. Yeah, that's worth talking about for a second. So the only thing that's really, it is good that it's out in a part of the Atlantic that there's no, we don't really have any, any populated islands out mm-hmm. that way. But it's big enough that the Leeward Islands, which is all those itty bitty ones between Puerto Rico and South America, Barbados and all those and and St. John and all that is out there. They're going to feel some of that um, probably this weekend. They're going to feel some of the winds and rain. Yeah. And and I mean, that's not to discount the fact that, okay, so it's going to be 165 miles an hour out over open water. It's going to weaken a little bit as it approaches Puerto Rico and the leewards uh, and even the, the upper windward islands. But. That, that's still, I mean, if it hits those, any of those islands, a direct hit with sustained winds at 145 miles an hour, it'll wipe them clean. I mean, it's just, that's still a very, very powerful storm. Just because it's weaker than 165 doesn't mean that it's anything to sneeze at. And it could turn still. Um, and if it turns even a little bit more north, Bermuda's right in the path of that. Bermuda's right in the path, and if it turns a little bit more south, then all of a sudden you've got a, a whole lot to worry about, including Florida again. Yeah, Bahamas, Dominica, Cuba, everything. Everything is in the mix. If it turns, yeah, just a little bit to the south or west. Yep, uh, so in the meantime, yeah, it looks like if it maintains current path, and it, it, there is a little bit of a northward turn at the very, very far end of the predictions but that's where they start to get less and less accurate so uh if it does that then all of a sudden again you have not only do you have bermuda to worry about but it's the carolinas and virginia too yeah and they just described this thing um ginger z from uh abc was talking about just she was kind of tracking the course of her day she's like this morning when i went on the air we were at you know it was still a tropical storm and through the course of the day it became a category five and just, um, yeah, I, I just thought, wow, this is just 185 mile an hour sustained winds. If you get up to that, um, it, it's one of like nine storms we've ever had hit a category five in the Atlantic. Yeah. 
and, and it's and it's out still over open water, which is supposed to be fairly cool in comparison to what it is, you know, when the water gets shallower. But it isn't. It's hot out there, and that's why this this is happening, and that's why it happened so fast. So we'll keep an eye on that today, particularly if it shifts path at all. Uh, we will certainly care about that. Okay, we'll take a break here. Coming up, Zach Bryan set attendance records when he played at the T-Mobile Center. He was arrested this week and has given a pretty lengthy explanation for what happened. We'll talk about that coming up next year on KMBZ. This is Zach Bryan. Um, If you are not familiar with him, he's just been one of the quickest rising stars in country music that we've had in a while. And again, as proof of that, he, who has not been around for very long, sold out the T-Mobile Center and set an attendance record there when he was there, and it was his first time there, at 19,659 fans in attendance. And think about all the big shows that we've had at T-Mobile Center that would have a wider appeal than him. It, it, um, it sold it out. So we're talking about him today because the story came out yesterday that he had been arrested. And it was like for intruding on an investigation or something. I thought, what the, what did he do? <laughs> So he has come out with a video that he put onto X, formerly known as Twitter, and it's a pre- it was about four and a half, almost five minutes long, describing the series of events that happened. And I wanted to talk about it, number one, because it's everywhere, but also because I, I, I just had the thought for a couple of minutes of, wow, here we have another male country star. I was going to say white male country star. There, most of them are white. Yeah, well. um, but male country star in that same, you know, late 20s, early 30s, who are at the height of their game and then get in some some PR trouble. Morgan Wallen, it wasn't legal, but it was definitely a PR problem. And here you have Zach Bryan kind of at the same thing. So again, he puts out this very lengthy apology and I just want to, without comment, play some of this. So what he describes as happening is that the first thing was that he was stopped for speeding um, near his house, I guess. And he wasn't speeding very much, four or five miles over the over the limit. And he said the police officer asked for his driver's license, registration and address, which Zach Bryan made issue of a little bit and almost said, like, he's like, I don't know if they're allowed. I don't know if I can tell them if I don't have to because he didn't want to because he's well known enough. He got a little lippy with him. This is what he had to say about it. Um. I was an idiot today and my decisions did not reflect who I was as a person. And I just want to make that clear. And I should have been smarter about it. So that's the first of many apologies that Mm -hmm. comes in this, um, in this video. So then he describes that he's going to go to Boston and his security guy is in the car behind him. They're 40 miles. Um, he was driving through Vanita. Um, and so not that far from home, I guess. So security guard behind him, is stopped for speeding. Zach Bryan's waiting 10 or 15 minutes to find out like what's going on. Why are they gonna, are they gonna do something with him or not? Zach Bryan then describes, he gets out of his car, lights a cigarette, like goes over there, tries to figure out what's going on. And the cop says to him, you need to get back in your car. Like I, you need to be no part of this. And he, and he took issue with that. And the cop threatened to arrest him. And then Zach Bryan some some words that we can't play for you on the air. <laughs> and they did, they, 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 put cuffs on him and they took him to jail. Here's what he had to say. So I get, I get too lippy with him. He brings me over to his car and I, I just didn't help my situation at all. I felt like a child. It was ridiculous. It was immature. And I just 
pray everyone knows that I don't think I'm above the law. I was just being disrespectful and I shouldn't have been. And it was my mistake. That's the gist of it. Th those were the two most heartfelt or genuine parts of that five minutes. That we mm -hmm. can play on the air. That we can play for you because it, it does get a little a little more mouthy than that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there were a couple of things that stood out to me, and I watched the entire video from beginning to end. Uh, he's very selective when it comes to, uh, I mean, he goes through several times exactly what the police officer said to him and exactly what was going on at the time until it comes time for him to talk about something that he did wrong, in which case, at which time he becomes very vague about the whole thing. I mean, you heard him kind of lead up to it and then say, and then I got a little too lippy with him. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. That's diminishing what happened. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's diminishing your part in what happened. I didn't like that very much. And I also, I mean, we've talked about this before. I hate it when people say it's not reflective of who I am as a person. This isn't really who I am. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You did it. Own it. In fact, you did it multiple times in two events. Yeah. In a short period of time, you made the same mistake twice. Yes. And, and what it came off as to me was I got really annoyed because people weren't giving me my due deference because of who I am. And you know what? You're not anybody. So just relax. Um, I mean, if, sure. He wanted to get and He said this at the beginning of the video. He wanted to get out in front of this story before it took on a life of its own on social media. I can kind of understand that. But you didn't do the best job at, at being able to acquit yourself of what happened. Colin, you are a fan of his. You and I have talked a lot about him when he's got an album out. Um, we've talked about him a lot in the past because he has come out strongly against the Ticketmaster stuff and, and high ticket prices and that kind of thing, although he could have done a little bit more about it. What did you think, Colin? I wasn't surprised. Well, I mean... What did you think of the, the apology or whatever his, his explanation? Um, it sounded like every other apology that anyone ever makes when this sort of true. thing happens. 100% so, true. I mean, I think it's good on his part i agree with him with him wanting to get out in front because we know what social media and and <laughs> things like that can do to a person so i think it was i think it was good for him to get out in front of it obviously he didn't murder anybody or have you know a morgan wallen situation but i think it was good for him to get out in front of it and yeah i was um <laughs> it's interesting to kind of check around the room I, I have no feelings about him. I don't listen to his music. It's on the next time I have a long drive, I will listen to it. I liked what he said. Uh, having no opinion about him, I thought, yeah, I, I thought the same thing you did. Yeah, that is who he is. For sure, somebody told him to do it. I mean, for sure, this was on the advice of somebody that works for his record label. Sure. Um, but there, there's talk about like people like his mugshot even. I mean, that, that story was out. <laughs> I, but I guess I liked it. I, I wasn't moved, but I thought I like him more now than I did than I did before. I like, and I guess I liked the approach. I liked that he admitted, yeah, I got lippy, and I it, I was being a child, and I shouldn't have. He also, in the course of that video, um, makes sure to say police were just doing their jobs. Police were just doing their jobs, and I was the one that was wrong. Yeah, it, well, and at one point he said, I, I think the quote was, he was just acting like a cop. And and I thought that was an interesting way to put it because um, 
there there really is no way for you to, to to engage in a conversation at that point. And and I think that's what a lot of us want to have happen is we want to be able to explain ourselves and they're just not interested. So, right. uh, yeah, uh, knowing that, you know, you change your own behavior. If you're smart, you change your own behavior and say, you know what, I can try to argue my way out of this, but you know what, I'm just going to sign the ticket. If I want to fight this, I'll fight it in court, um, it, which is probably the best thing to do. But I, I think sometimes we expect a little humanity coming back the other way. Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't happen, you get frustrated. And he did. And he let it, unfortunately, he let it overtake him. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it, at the very least, and what I will give him all the credit in the world for is he said, I was an idiot. This was my fault. You know, I did it. But at the same time, that didn't stop him from kind of, you know, holding back with a little bit of what his behavior was. And he was in the Navy for four, five, six years, I think, something like that, since okay. he was 17, 18. So, I mean, he's been around that sort of militaristic take <laughs> responsibility <laughs> for your actions sort of thing. So, yeah. I mean, that, that doesn't surprise me either. If you have thoughts on this, 913-586-7798. I mean, he has fans here because 20,000 people went to see him play. So, and, and, and I laugh because, I mean, Morgan Wallen got in a lot more PR trouble than this. Two years later has the song of the summer. I mean, the yeah. height of his career right now. So in no way is this going to hurt him. What famous country singer hasn't had a mug shot? Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, we're on a roll <laughs> lately Yeah, with this. Uh, I mean, there was a reason that the, uh, you know, they called those guys the outlaw country uh, guys for a while. So, you know, uh, they, most of them have had a little bit of experience in this realm. And no, it's not going to hurt them long term. Not at all. If you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798. Okay, while we're in the entertainment world and some bad press, Rolling Stone magazine, wow, uh, did they have a lot to say about Jimmy Fallon? And he has responded to that also, speaking of apology. So we'll get to all that coming up next here on KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Happy Friday, 913-586-7798. All right, so the big story came out of Rolling Stone magazine yesterday where they said they talked to seven former employees and other people connected to The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. 
who described in words, again, we cannot use on the air, the toxic work environment that has been his show. So we can talk about the story. And then Jimmy Fallon in a Zoom call with his staff has apologized because (laughs) they're not doing new shows right now. Yeah. uh, Before we get into talking about what Rolling Stone said happened behind the scenes of this thing. Do you watch? Do you watch The Tonight Show ever? No, but I like Jimmy Fallon. Okay. I I, I like his humor. I liked him when he was on SNL. Mm -hmm. I, I, I watch bits of his. When they show up on YouTube, but I don't watch the show. One of the main criticisms of his show early, early on, this is in the first couple of years, and he's been doing this show for a while now, but in the first couple of years, there there were a lot of the critics that were kind of taking shots at him and saying, you know, it's too cute. It's just Mm -hmm. too cutesy. He fawns over every guest. He acts like everything is like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It's And and that has continued. And that's one of the things that has kept me from really connecting with that show because I don't trust it. Anytime somebody's that yeah. up and that cutesy and that ha- seemingly happy all the time, it always seems phony to me. So mm-hmm. this didn't come as a real shock. But, uh, yeah, apparently Fallon, the, <laughs> the staff refer to them as good Jimmy days and bad Jimmy days. And they say that they're terrified of his outbursts and that sometimes he seems drunk and he's just stumbling around the set and crossing out jokes and then looking down at him and then trying to figure out who crossed out his joke. I mean, it just goes on and on and on to the point where uh, the show has had nine showrunners in nine years. That's unprecedented. That's major. I yeah. mean, that, that's showing that the, the whole thing is out of control. And they said that one of the biggest problems that staffers and former staffers see with why he keeps churning through showrunners like that is that none of them can tell him no. And, and they haven't figured out a way. If you're the showrunner, you have to have the host of the show at least on the same page as you or come mm-hmm. to some kind of an agreement to have some control over the show. If not, what's the point of having a showrunner? Actually, let's talk about that relationship for a second, because showrunner is such a vague term, yeah. but it is a term that's used a lot in TV. You hear that you hear a name and you think, well, his name is in the show, you know, title of the show. Yep. I assume he's an executive producer of the show. I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised who who has the authority to tell him no if his name's all over it. Yeah, and, and to take him to task for his behavior. And I think that's where it really where the line becomes where it moves a little bit because yes as the showrunner you still have to defer to the talent in some respects as far as what happens on the air how to tell a joke how to mug to the camera you know what look to have on your face and all of that that's why you hired him to do the show because he knows show business and he knows how to get a laugh like that but when it comes to the things that are happening behind the scenes and how the writers are treated and how the staff are treated that's something where the showrunner needs to have a little bit more control and say you know what you're not going to treat people like this behind the scenes and if you have thoughts about him, 913-586-7798, because we'll talk about the apology again here in a second. John, do you know how well he does in ratings on late night? I don't even keep track, honestly. Colin, can I, you look that up real fast? I think it does uh, very well. Uh, I think there's, the show didn't for a while. It's staggered for its first couple of seasons, but I think over the last nine or ten years, it's actually done really well. So again, Rolling Stone had accounts of two current and former employees. I said seven, but there are also a couple of current employees that um, that and all of them feared retaliation. So none of them gave their names. And yeah, to, back to what John said, good Jimmy days, bad Jimmy days. And somebody said it was like if Jimmy's in a bad mood, every one day, everyone's day is bleep. Yep. 
Um, people wouldn't joke around the office. They wouldn't stand around and talk to each other. It was very much like focus on whatever you have to do, because if he sees that, he will go off. They said they were fearful of his erratic outbursts, which they described as lashing out at the crew and belittling fellow staff members for minor inconveniences. Colin asked me during the break, is it kind of like Ellen when um, when all the stuff came out about yeah, Ellen behind the scenes? Very much yeah. so. It sounds a lot like that. And I mean, when they're when they're talking about the staff using the, the dressing rooms for crying rooms, you know, because they yeah. just can't take it anymore. Um, and, and Rolling Stone, I think, quite rightly points out it is a pressure cooker. What, yeah. what comes off on TV is very lighthearted and, you know, fun entertainment and, and, you know, conversations with the stars and all of that behind the scenes, even though they purport to be all friends, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert that the pressure on them to perform and to be number one in their respective slots is unbelievable. So, yeah, if you're perceived as a writer or as a as a staffer is not pulling your weight, not doing your job, you're gone. They will find somebody better than you who will come in and take that job over. It's a high-pressure environment, yes, but you don't need to make it worse by the way you treat people. If I'm not mistaken, correct me on the timeline if I'm wrong, when – Again, it was similar stuff that was said about Ellen. I can't remember if that was if she then ended the show shortly after that or if she did one more season. But there was a very close time period between when that story came out about Ellen and when she was done on the air. Um, and so I, I wonder then if this will have similar impact. And keep in mind, because of the writer's strike, there's no new... You know, it's going to be a bit anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I was looking it, it, because it's, it's <laughs> that was part of the problem with finding out what the ratings are like, because for the last I don't know how many months there hasn't been any new shows. There haven't been any. Yeah. Haven't been any new shows. So w with that said, how do you really compare ratings? You have to go back six months and take a look at what was going on. And perennially, uh, it was Fallon and Colbert fighting it out for one and two and Jimmy Kimmel slightly behind. But, you know, they, they all perform well with different audiences, too. Colbert's audience right. is a little bit older. Kimmel's audience is a little bit younger. Fallon is kind of, you know, shooting that middle ground. So when you really parse it, they all do very well with the audiences that they're expected to get. Okay, so the story comes out yesterday. It's everywhere. Everyone is covering it. So Jimmy Fallon has a Zoom call um, with his staff, and this is why we don't have audio of this because it, it was just a private Zoom call. But he has apparently apologized to the staff, um, and and we don't have a ton of details about it. But he has since apologized for fostering this toxic work environment. And by the way, Ellen did the same thing, not over Zoom, yeah. uh, but she, yeah, if I remember right, she had a meeting. It was like an all staff meeting, and yep. then addressed it on the show. And yeah. said, you know, I've got to do better. And so th that's how it's going to be going forward. And going forward didn't last very long, as you said. That's, and so that's kind of where I'm I'm really curious about this story, um, because I think it's a very fair analogy. You have someone in daytime talk who's immensely popular or was and somebody in nighttime talk who is also immensely popular. And you have and the difference with the Rolling Stone story is I can't remember where the Ellen story was published or who had it. But I feel like the Rolling Stone story, because it's Rolling Stone, 
carries a lot of credibility. Yeah, sure. And it's also much lengthier than I think yeah. a lot of what we got with Ellen because Rolling Stone does that. I mean, they have the ability, especially now when those people aren't producing a show every day, to be able to go and get interviews with everybody that they feel like they need to talk to, to get a, a full scope of what's going on. And those Rolling Stone feature stories are four, five, and six pages long. So in this case, there's a lot of information in there. Now, will it hurt Jimmy? And and this here's a curiosity about the fact that we are now in this situation where all of them are in reruns. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes, I mean, they're running shows from five, six, seven years ago. They yeah. have to go that far back in the catalog. So by the time we have new shows again, will this have blown over? Because, I mean, if they say, well, why didn't Jimmy say anything about it on his show? Well, he can't. There's no show. How, let's put, um, give me a timeline. If it, if we, let me word this the right way. At what point... In the future, with no new shows, with him being back on the air, does he not have to address it? You know what I mean? If it's three months, does he have to address it? If it's two months, does he have to address it? Or does there come a point where it's not worth bringing it back up? Or, yeah, do you in the meantime, and this, boy, this will be an interesting one to see. Uh, while we're still in reruns, and it, I mean, there's no, there, there doesn't seem to be any movement. At all. I have no inside information, by the way, on the SAG strike or on the WGA strike. So it, it just seems from the outside like this is going to go on for a while. I hope it doesn't. I want my shows mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think everybody does. So, but it seems like it's going to be months. So do you, in the meantime, not only have this Zoom call and, and of course, leak details of that online, but do you have Jimmy sit down with, a uh, you know with somebody and do an interview on 60 sit down with Anderson Cooper yeah. and and do an interview and air it on 60 minutes do you do something like that boy that's an interesting question um and I'm trying to think if I were his publicist what I would advise do you make a bigger deal out of it and make it worse by doing an interview like that or do you get it out of the way now so that when your show comes back on, that, you don't have to address it? That, yeah. the, that's what led me to that thinking exactly, because yeah. you, you do the interview, you let it settle, and then by the time you're back, the, you've already addressed it. You don't need to say anything on the show. There would be no expectation for you to do that. It, it may be, if, if there is such a, a thing as perfect timing for a story like this to come out, this might yeah. be it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so this was the apology, um, according to staffers that were on the call. This is what he said. I'm sorry if I embarrassed you. I never set out to create that type of atmosphere at the show. I think sometimes I'm working with the best of the best. You guys are the top of your game. He admitted to having done some embarrassing things in the past. I want the show to be fun. It should be inclusive for everybody. It should be fun. It should be the best show, the best people. I just wanted to say I miss you guys. Um, What he didn't do there is talk about how he's going to fix it. Mm-hmm. And and just from a, he's not the showrunner, but he's the boss. You know, he's he's the one that sets the tone. Bad Jimmy or good Jimmy? Jimmy Fallon, yeah. What does he do to fix it? What do you do, if all this is true, to change all of this? And is there a big difference between it wasn't my intention to create this kind of environment and this isn't really who I am? <laughs> I mean, don't yeah. those two things seem really yeah. similar? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's kind of odd that we're having all this happen at the same time. Yeah. So what will this do? We, we've put a lot on the table. I think it'll be fascinating. Today is Friday. Um, so if he was going to do an interview, he needs to do it this weekend. Yeah. This needs to be a Sunday morning 
uh, or Sunday or 60 minutes kind of thing that airs on Sunday. Cause you've only got two days now that it can sit there mm-hmm. and then you do You, you sit down with somebody. Yeah. Anderson Cooper is a good idea. Uh, somebody who's a little more um, entertainment. Yes. Centric somebody who gets that, that part of the yeah. industry, but still has a credibility and a news background. Absolutely. Yeah. 913-586-7798. Uh, if you have thoughts on this one, we'll get to some of your comments on this next on KMBZ. Jimmy Fallon has a couple of problems right now. One is this massive story out of Rolling Stone magazine and all of the really awful comments that have been made about what it's like to work with him and for him. And then he has the problem of the environment at his show and what he does to fix it. Yeah, and it really it raises a lot of questions that are coming up on the text line. And I love that you guys are as into this as you are because you're, you're coming up with some really good angles on this. The first question you have to ask is, okay, so in a high-pressure environment like that, granted, that that pressure is going to be as high uh, with Colbert and with Jimmy Kimmel and with everybody else who's competing in that space. So what are the environments like on those shows? Is it any different anywhere else? Or is this just a matter of that myopia that comes from working in one environment? And if you hate your job... Well, then, yeah, everything that happens there is going to seem like the worst possible toxic workplace. And the other thing that came up is somebody asked, do you think all that fame necessarily makes somebody into a jerk? That wasn't the wording that they used, but it it was similar to that. It was like, yeah, do you think it affects the ability to exhibit humility, to stay humble when everybody you see on the street tells you how awesome you are? Maybe, but we have... Big movie stars with more fame than Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Who are known for being nice guys. That's true. And even nice guys to people that they will never meet again. You know, right. it's, it's one thing. It's, and and I, I think it even speaks more highly of you because anybody can turn that on for the fans. Now, right. there are some famous people who are total jerks to their fans, too. So that's not to discount that. But to me, it means even more that when you're on set, or when you're, you know, when you're doing your job, when you're, uh, you know, getting ready for a concert or whatever, that you treat the roadies the same way you treat the guys in your band. You know, it's funny because in my head, I keep comparing this to any other toxic work environment. Yeah. And if a story like this were to come out about the CEO of a big company who was well known, if the story were to come out about Jeff Bezos or somebody like that, whose name is known to most of us, that CEO would be fired. I mean, you get stories out like this, there would be HR complaints. You got to get rid of this guy. Yes. You can't do that to Jimmy Fallon. I mean, unless he is canceled. Literally, the show is canceled. And they said, PR problem is too much. Remember, it all comes back to money. Advertisers don't want to be a part of it. You can't just fire him. Right. Um, well, you, you, you can't, but you can't. I mean, it is the network show after all. They, sure. they can do whatever they want with it, of course. But, uh, but you're right. I mean, when you take somebody who is who is still very much, at least in in terms of the ratings, at the top of his game. Um, With Ellen, it was a little bit different, and I think that did reflect Mm -hmm. in the fact that her show wasn't doing terribly well even before the story came out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, she was probably – it was an easier decision to say, you know what, it's not doing that great anyway. And wow, did that elevate Kelly Clarkson after (laughs) Ellen went off the air. Yes. And then there were a few stories out, and these didn't get – as significant in fact i'm not even sure she addressed him but then there were stories that were coming out about kelly clarkson and how awful she can be and what it's like to work for her so that makes me coming back to what you said is every set just like that sometimes because of the pressure involved 
But Rolling Stone doesn't do five or six pages on everybody else. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, that goes back to that that piece of information about the nine showrunners in nine years. The guy that left, and forgive me for not remembering his name, but the guy that left Colbert two years ago to to take over the job running CNN, uh, which which apparently <laughs> um, didn't well, work yeah, out terribly. Chris, yeah, uh, Lechtel, Chris, Chris, I, whoever he was, I can picture the face. Yeah, but he, yeah, it didn't work. It wasn't a move that worked out terribly well for him either. And I think he, Licked. you know, Chris yeah. Licht, yes, yeah. Um, that, you know, he had been there for a long time. You know, he had been Colbert's guy for a very long time. So I, I think that says something about the fact that, you know, that show may be a little more stable, that that environment may be a little bit more stable. Or then again, maybe Chris Licht just enjoys a job where he takes a good beating every, every so often. Who knows? Or I also just wonder, is that, was it just too big of a job? For because so yeah. much had to be done behind the scenes, was he just not capable of doing it? They just brought in somebody from the UK to do it. Somebody from the BBC now mm-hmm. just took that job over, which will be interesting to see what changes are made there. Yeah, um, and you look at some of the other people in show business that have been accused of of being incredibly difficult to work with, um, and some of them it doesn't make any difference. Some of them, you know, go on and and still have brilliant careers that last forever. I'm, I'm trying to remember the name. Um, oh man, she was in the movie Twenty Seven Dresses, and oh. she did a whole bunch of rom coms. Um, and she was in Grey's Anatomy. Yes, right. Uh, and she had a reputation. Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl. Everybody she ever worked with hated her guts, couldn't stand her, and yet it didn't stop her from getting multi million dollar movie contracts. No, but she still has, she has still not overcome that, that reputation that went back to Grey's Anatomy. And she hasn't been on that show in 20 years. Yeah. But, but it still comes up. It still is the first thing that she's asked about. I don't feel like she has shed that reputation. Right. But you're right. It's not hurting her career. And Christian Bale also has a reputation of being very, very difficult to work with. But it, the thing with Christian Bale, and I think it was one of the Batman movies, where there was that scene behind the scenes of him just excoriating somebody that worked on the set. And the deal was, yeah, okay, but he was in character. They were shooting at the time, and that guy oh. walked onto the set. So, yeah, Christian Bale turned around and gave him a ration over it. And, and did he go too far? Maybe. But that guy also made a serious mistake that you're supposed to know better than to do. Yeah. Um, what's your prediction? I think Fallon's going to be gonna I, go. I don't think this is going to turn into much of anything. I think Fallon's going to be fine. Um, I, it, I it, do too, for some reason. It wouldn't surprise me to see him do a mea culpa, a very public one, in an interview format. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that may be their best move right now. But I, I think that over time, he's going to go right back to where he was. Again, because of the writer's strike. Yeah. I think if, if he had to go on the air, they don't do shows on Fridays. So it would have helped him that it came out Thursday afternoon. He might have been able to put it on Thursday night. But if not, it would be Monday before he could go on and talk about it. Yeah. And then it would be over. Um, I, I, yeah, I think he's fine. I think he needs to make some changes behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah. And I think the, the more straightforward you are with this kind of thing, you know, when you don't hold anything back, that's when the stories fizzle out because there's nothing left to say. Uh, right. the, the model for that was David Letterman when he got caught in the cheating scandal and yep. uh, and he was being blackmailed by somebody who worked for him. And he came out and laid it all out on TV and said, this is what I did. And then the story was over. Yeah. 
interesting to watch. All right, we'll take a break here. Coming up in the next hour, is there anything wrong with taking your kids out of school to go on a family trip, a vacation? Talk about that coming up here in KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 